here's what we're gonna, what's going to happen. You guys hear my voice every week, right? And so there is just a special joy and a special treat that comes from hearing God's word from someone else. And so who's going to be coming here today? His name is Paul. Everyone, let's give it up for Paul. Paul, you can come on up here. Paul is my guy. Oh, man. Paul is my guy. That's right. Um, so I met Paul when he graduated high school, and it was the first year that I was doing, like, an internship with a student ministry. Mm-hmm. And um, him and I started doing discipleship together. And ever since then, and, and ever since all the things that God has been doing and, and all those things, even after I left and who he has mentored under and all the people that he has led, dude, I'll tell you what, there is no one else that I could entrust to preach the messages that are coming today than this guy. This guy is the real deal. I promise you that. The character's there. The love for Jesus is there. Him and his wife just love Jesus. They're getting ready to go do mission stuff, Lord willing, here pretty soon. And so this is the real deal. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for my guy, Paul. Love it. Take notes, open your Bibles, listen, and, and let's get it. God, I love you so much, and I thank you so much for Paul. Thank you for our friendship that we've had over the last few years. And God, I thank you for the messages that you have just placed on his heart for all of us to hear today. I pray that you would just speak through him boldly. And I pray that we would have open ears and open hearts to what you have for us. God, you're awesome. And I pray that just Paul would just reveal how awesome you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What's up, guys? How you doing? There we go. Excited to be here and uh, like Colin said, and the other guys said, my name's Paul, and uh, Paul McDowell, and I get to serve at Abundant Life Church. I actually serve at our campus in Independence, and man, it is just a great honor. And when Colin called me to ask if I could come out here and share with you guys, man, first off, it's an honor and privilege. Thanks for having me. And so super excited to be with you guys today. And uh, man, the impact that Colin has had on my life is just, uh, you really can't measure it. Um, It's really just one of those things you really can't even uh, explain sometimes. And so I was graduating high school, I just went to our camp, and I remember I found him in the lobby of our church, and I was like, hey man, like I know uh, you're a young adult, and you know more about the Bible than I do, so uh, can we do discipleship together? And he's like, hey man, let's pray about it for a while, and the rest is basically history. And so it's been amazing, and I love that you guys get to be under his leadership, and man, I just want you guys to know that getting to have Colin as a youth pastor, man, that is just such an amazing thing, and such a joy for you guys, and so show that man some love. Give it up for Colin, actually. Give it up for what the Lord's doing in him. That's right. He believes it. (laughs) And so a little bit about me. I actually forgot my wedding ring today, but I am married, and uh, me and my wife do feel called overseas, and uh, me and my wife have made it clear to our church, have made it clear to our people, hey, we feel, after reading the Bible, seeing statistics, that we feel called to go. And uh, we're not going to be talking about going this morning. We're going to be talking about something else. Um, And I'm wearing this India jersey not because we feel called to go, but really it was the only clean shirt in my closet today. And so that's why I put it on, and uh, (laughs) that's why I have this on. But today I want to talk with you guys about a thing, and it's called forgiveness. And man, this is something that I really struggled with when I was in middle school and high school. I really struggled to believe, man, have I been forgiven? And so I want you guys to walk away today knowing if you have been forgiven or if that's your next step. Have I been forgiven or is that my next step? 
And so, like I said, later tonight, we're going to talk about what it means to live on mission, how we can do that as middle school and high schoolers. And uh, kind of the title for today, it says this, to live sent, you must be forgiven. I'm going to explain what that means, but that's kind of like the big idea for today. To live sent, you must be forgiven. So when you just hear the word live sent right now, just think of going out and being a light to the world. Going out and being a light. To live sent, you guys must be forgiven. And so today, if you guys have your Bible, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2 is a really wild chapter. And if you guys are going to be hanging out with your group leaders tonight, uh, group leaders the rest of this afternoon, maybe it's something you guys could look at. Or maybe this next week you guys could all read Acts 2 and talk about it this Wednesday. I would encourage you guys to do that. There's a lot there. I cannot cover it all. I'm going to show you some really cool things in there. And so we could spend weeks just in this chapter uh, but I'm just trying to hit on a few really key things in here. And that I want to remind you guys that to be used by God, you don't have to have a really high IQ. You don't have to be the best looking person. I can say amen to that. Uh, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to drive the cool car. You just have to know some really important things. And you've got to live for those things. And we're talking about a guy who blew it today. And if you uh, have read ahead in Acts chapter 2, you're going to see the guy that's preaching. Uh, this guy had a loose tongue. He was a fisherman, uh, probably a hothead. Actually, he was a hothead, uh, kind of a numbskull sometimes. His name's Peter. And so that's who we're talking about today. I relate a lot with Peter. Um, I don't know, maybe some of the guys in here, maybe some of the girls in here. You know, I talk before I think sometimes, or I do before I think. And so we're talking about a guy named Peter and how the Lord used him. And so I have two things that I really want you guys to see, um, and it's this. Before you try and live sent, repent. And then share of this forgiveness. Share of this forgiveness that you've been given. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Repent and believe in Christ. And so Pentecost, you know, what does that word even mean? Pentecost, Pente means 50, and so it's a feast, and so that's where all the Jewish people would come to Jerusalem, and this is 50 days after the Passover, and that's kind of important for the message that Peter shares. So 50 days, and they would bring all the best of their harvest. It's called the Feast of Weeks. And then all of a sudden, the disciples are in the upper room, and remember, Jesus promised that he would give something. You guys know that he, what he promised? He said, I'm going to send a helper. You guys know what the helper is? There we go. Like a whisper of the spirit. <laughs> well, that day had come. So Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says this. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It gave them the words. So to show that the Spirit had arrived, how God did that, he gave them the gift of tongues. And what I believe the gift of tongues was, he gave them the ability to speak in other languages for salvation. So people could come to know about Jesus. And so that's, that tongues is a kind of a crazy thing in the church. People get all caught up in it, but that's what we're going to say that it is today. They were given the ability to speak in other languages to bring others to know Jesus. And that is not the main point of this service. So if you guys have questions about that, I will pass that one over to Colin and let him deal with that. Um, or you can talk to me after. And so like I said, read Acts 2 by your guys' self today or with the group and talk about these things. And so if you guys go to verse 14, you're going to see Peter, the disciple, the one who walked away. Do you guys know what he did to Jesus? What did he do? He did it three times. What did he do? He denied him three times. But if you look back 
remember what he did to Jesus on trial, why would this person be preaching? Why does he deserve to get to go share about Jesus? Maybe Peter thought to himself, you know, I don't know why God's using me. And uh, if you remember, it talks about this in Luke 22. Jesus said this to him, Peter, um, Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and death. And Jesus said this, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. So you know how the story goes? A girl comes up to him, the guy that was with Jesus? No. Another guy comes up. Aren't you that guy? No. That's another guy. Then finally the last guy comes to him and says this. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter returned. Peter remembered what the Lord said. How he said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So Peter messed up big time. Peter messed up. He did the thing he said he would never do. Peter said, I would never do that, Jesus. What did he do? Did it. And so just thinking about a room like this, high school, middle school, what's the thing you guys promised you'd never do? What's that thing? You know, you think about it, or maybe your parents or your small group leader, like they tell you not to do this thing, and maybe you've done some of those things. But what's that thing? I know it's in your head right now. What's that thing? Just have that come to mind. Maybe write it out in a journal. What's the thing? You know, we're in church, and it's kind of uh, weird to talk about this stuff. Sometimes it feels like we have to be perfect. We're in the house of the Lord. Uh, Let's hide all that, right? And I don't know, maybe some of you guys have done this. I remember when I was in middle school and high school, some nights for me, for me sitting on my bed after I did the thing I said I would never do, I'd sit there crying, saying, God, that was the last time. I'm done doing that. I promise I'll never do that again. Two nights later, there I was again, doing the thing. I kept crying, saying I would never do again. Now the same Peter who ran away crying from the Lord's presence left him when he needed him most, you know, as a friend. You want your friends there when you're about to get killed, right? He's preaching. And he shares this amazing story. And it says this. Acts 2, verse 36 guys a second find it it says this starting in 36 let all the house of israel therefore know for certain that god made him both lord and christ this jesus whom you crucified now when they heard this they were both cut to the heart and said to peter and the rest of the apostles what shall we do then and peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit He shares, you guys killed God. You guys killed the Son of God. And they're cut to their heart because they finally believe that he was God. And he says, repent. Repent. Turn from the way that you believe. Turn from that. You catch, he then it tells them this. I have this here. When I was in middle school and high school, if I tell somebody, I would hear this. He didn't tell them, hey, you guys sinned too great. That's one too many times. You guys need to go do a bunch of things first. You need to go through this class and then really just sit there and really ask, man, God, will you actually, will you forgive me? And it takes months and months. He didn't tell them that. He said, repent and be baptized. Go believe that he is Lord. And to show that to the rest of the world, be baptized. 
repent really just means to have sorrow and to turn away from the thing that you're doing. Verse 41, it says 3,000 people were saved that day. That's pretty crazy. If I was ever at a church service like that, 3,000 people coming to know Jesus in one moment, being baptized, that is crazy. And who did God use to do that? Who did he speak through? Peter. The man who just preached this message. Jesus rebuked Peter more than any other disciple. Peter was the only disciple who tried to rebuke Jesus. Peter denied Jesus more forcefully and publicly than any other disciple. Jesus addressed Peter as Satan at one point. It's a rough one. I'm glad Colin never said that to me when he was discipling me. Hey, Satan, get behind me. That would be the worst. Peter heard Jesus tell him, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And said, no, I would never do that. Peter was the one who cut off the servant of the high priest. This is the guy we're talking about. This is the guy that God used. We all have sin in our lives, right? I'll be the first to admit I'm very sinful. What happened? What changed Peter? What went from him weeping bitterly to now preaching to thousands. Uh, if you guys would just flip to John 21, it's one of my favorite passages. And I just want to remind you guys that, yeah, Fiesta Church is an awesome 24-hour event. And I'm sure some of you guys went to VBS growing up. I'm sure, yeah, there we go. I'm sure some of you guys could recite the Romans Road. Or maybe you could share with me that Jesus is the Lord. You could show me how to accept that gift. But my question for you, how has he changed you? How has Jesus personally changed your life? How do you look different now? And so I just want to break down this chapter and uh, show you some things that have changed my life in this chapter. Uh, so Peter and some of the disciples, they go back to do what? You know what they, what does it say in there? They're doing something. Just look in the first part of this chapter. What did Peter do as a job before following Jesus? What did he do? Fish. Because I'm going to make you suspicious of him, right? So he was a fisherman. And uh, I, I believe this. A lot of um, guys who really study the Bible believe this, too. But no one's completely sure. It kind of looks like they go back to doing what they knew best. They go back to their old life before Jesus. You know, I've messed up, failed too many times, so I'm just going to go back to doing what I used to do. I'm done doing this. Following Jesus, man, it's a, I'm, I'm just done. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And, uh, man, even I feel this all the time. I feel uh, if I mess up working for church or I don't do good, um, I'm a newly married man. I mess up in that all the time. Or sometimes I'm just a jerk, right? I start to feel this pressure. Man, Paul, you are a failure. Like, you are not good enough for God. You do not belong in the ministry. Why would he love you? I remember feeling that all the time in middle school. I started serving in the church when I was like 12. I would help in the nursery. I don't even know how that was allowed, honestly. 12-year-old in the nursery. But I was helping out in the nursery with my mom. And I remember I'd leave the nursery kind of like, yep, what's up? Yep, I help in the nursery. Serve God. I serve a little one. You know, I thought I was pretty cool. Yeah. And then 
as years would go on, as I would grow and sins would change, I remember just thinking, I don't even want to be in this place. I feel I've gone too far. And I would tell people, I'd go to summer camp, and I would tell them, you know, I'm just going to go all in. Weeks later, I'd be back in my old life. I'd go back to the same place. I'd go back fishing. If I supposedly knew so much about God, then why was my life not changing? Why did I never look any different? Why did all my friends not even notice I was a Christian? And I thought if I told my leader or if I told my parents the things that I was struggling with or the things that I was really um, just things that were weighing me down, if I told anyone, they'd just condemn me. So I was terrified. I was terrified. But man, would they allow me in church anymore? Uh, when I was in high school at Fusion, we had this thing where we could serve as students. And I remember I signed up to help with that. And I was so scared going to that meeting every week. Like if they found out what I was doing, they wouldn't allow me back in church. And these are lies that I would begin to hear. And maybe you guys hear this, right? These are some lies that I heard in middle school, in high school. Maybe it's worthless. Ugly. Too far gone. Man, Paul, you are not smart enough. Just go further. No one will know what you've seen. No one will know. And with these lies, those horrible lies that I just shared, uh, whatever you guys need to do to focus on this next part of this passage, do that. If you need to just write it out, what I'm saying, if you need to close your eyes, whatever you have to do to be able to focus, please do that. So in John 21, verse 4, it says this, Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus yet. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? Got some humor. They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast it on the right side of the boat, you will find some. So they cast it. And now they weren't even able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus had loved, that's John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard this, that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work. He threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came back in the boat, dragging in the net full of fish. And they were not far from land, about a hundred yards off. And when they got to the land, they saw this is what they saw. They saw a charcoal fire with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went and grabbed the net full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, this is what he said to them. This is what he said to those sinners. This is what he said to Peter who left them. He said, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They all knew it was the Lord. He knew Peter's sin. In fact, when he was on trial, you know, getting whipped, and I just imagine as he was sitting there on trial and the rooster crows, they made direct eye contact. It says they know, Peter knew that the Lord saw him. And he didn't say, hey, Peter, come here. I'm going to make you look really dumb in front of all the other disciples. I'm not going to, he didn't say, I'm going to curse you. How did he respond? He says, come and have breakfast. 
come and have breakfast. Holy God, I can just imagine this. Just pic- picture this on a beach. Son of God. I can see him setting some stumps in a circle, starting a fire, putting some fish out, grilling the fish, making some toast, putting in the work just to make a nice environment for the guys. He didn't list all the things that they've done wrong. He didn't remind them that they were too far gone. He said, sit with me. And so for you guys right now, what is the thing that you are afraid to approach Jesus with? What is the thing that you are holding on to with his right hand that you don't want to go towards him because you don't want him to see it? He's saying, come sit with me. Come have breakfast with me. Verse 15, it says this, when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to him, Simon Peter, so he's going to approach him finally. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these, more than the rest of the disciples? He, said, he told Jesus that he did. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus asks him three times, and I think it's probably to remind him that he denied him three times. He's completely covering the thing that he messed up. He is going to restore every part of Peter. He didn't respond with, fool, I hate you. He asked, do you love me? And then he reminds him, man, I'm calling you to be a shepherd to care for the Christians. I'm calling you to care for my sheep. What I want you to see is that Peter was met with love. He was met with love. And uh, this love that Peter was met with, it changed him so much. Uh, At the end of that uh, story, it says this. I'll just kind of briefly explain this. Truly I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, they will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Then he says, follow me. So what he's basically saying is uh, someday, you know, when you're young, like you guys, we get to do whatever we want, right? Play gaga ball. Go to main event, life is awesome, no worries. But he's saying now, now that you're following me, someday they're going to kill you because you follow me. And Peter's life was so changed by this, they were going to crucify Peter. And Peter's life being so radically changed, they were going to put him on a cross. And so before they put him on a cross, um, it is remembered that he was actually crucified upside down because he tells the people killing him, I don't deserve to die the same way Jesus died. That's how much this love changed him. He was met with love and it changed his life. And so many times uh, I would go, you know, I'd hear about a missions trip when I was in high school. I was like, I want to go do these things. I want to start serving at the church. I want to do all these things. But before you're forgiven, none of that stuff matters. Before you go and do that, let me ask, do you love them? Not just do you love church or do you love Wednesday nights, do you love Jesus? Here's the 
is the part I love. You know, if you're in love with Jesus and you know you've been forgiven, guess what you get to do? You get to go share about your forgiveness, how you've been forgiven. You get to go share with everyone. Hey, guys, I met this man, Jesus. He, he took away all my sin, and now I can, I'm going to live forever. They're like, what is wrong with you? You know, if you just walk around like this, like, what? No joy. Like, if your life's been changed, I'm going to go tell everyone. If I've been saved from death. And so what, this is a verse I, I've never heard. I've heard it, but it never did anything to me when I, before I started following the Lord. It was Romans 8. Romans 8 is my favorite chapter. In verse 8, it says the, this. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That before I was forgiven, before I made Jesus Lord of my life, before I said I'm going to follow you as all that I am, none of that mattered because I didn't have a right relationship with him. Holiness and my sin couldn't go together. And so I needed the cross. I'm sure Colin shares the gospel with you guys all the time, but I'm going to do it anyways. God and man had a relationship. Our sin separated us from God. God sent Jesus, his son, to live a perfect life, never sinning one time. Then he was put on the cross that you and me deserve, taking away our sin if we would make him the Lord of our life and call on his name. Before the moment that you called on the name of Jesus, there's nothing that we could do to please God. Confessing sin to the Lord is the moment your life begins. Forgiveness and calling on his name is the thing that starts your life. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, I think it's up here. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness, all the bad things you've done, all the things you've seen no one knows about, all the bad words that you've said that no one is around, all the things that you've gossiped about, all of it, gone. Man, today, why I'm up here is I believe there's some of you in here who maybe haven't done that. Today could be the day where you call to the Lord and say, I want to make you my Savior. I want to make you the Lord of my life. For many of you today, maybe, possibly, today could be the day where life begins again. And for the Christians in here, the ones of you that have already done this, man, go and share. Go and share. And that's going to lead us to where we're going tonight. I wanted to just lay a platform. I wanted to put a foundation down. And you have to be forgiven before we go do anything. And so as we're closing out, I'm about to pray for you guys. Just some questions I have for you guys. Actually, not questions, statements. If we could pull those up. So even in your guys' small group times or whatever that looks like, before you try and live sent for Christ, remember we're going to talk about what it means to live sent. Just think doing things for him. Before you try and live sent for Christ, repent. Call on his name. Go to your leader and say, I want to follow Jesus. And then secondly, if you guys have done that, man, you share of this forgiveness. Believe the gospel and love the gospel and it will change your life. So Father, uh, thank you for this time that you give us, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Peter. Thank you that uh, you used him to do really cool things. It has nothing to do with Peter. It has everything to do with your forgiveness and your grace. God, thank you for that. God, thank you that you are loving and you are gracious. God, I pray for these students now, God, uh, 
I pray that tonight and today would just be such a fun time, like Colin said. They would enjoy main event. They would have fun. That you give them joy, God. And for the ones who need to get right with you, God, that they would just know that that is their next step. We pray all this in Jesus' name.